Preparing for a baby can be a complex experience. You never really know exactly what to expect as a new parent, but I'm almost certain you would never expect to deliver your baby in the middle of a global pandemic. Join me today as my friend and sister shares her experience of pregnancy, birth, and motherhood during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Annalise Lucero, and this is The Good, The Bad, The Family. Thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited to have my sister, Debbie, on with me to share her experience of delivering a baby during the pandemic. And I thought I would just sort of hand it over to her and let her introduce herself. So Debbie, if you want to share a little bit about who you are and then kind of just jump into maybe when you first found out you were pregnant. All right. Awesome. Uh, Well, hello, everybody. I'm Debbie. Um, I currently live in Houston, Texas with my husband and our new baby, Lily. She's about uh, six and a half, almost seven months old now. Um, And I'll kind of just get started with kind of when we got pregnant and all that. Um, We found out, I found out I was pregnant when like a little after, like a little after Halloween time. So definitely pre-pandemic, um, everything was very different then. And we were really, really excited. We had this idea in mind of how things would be. And um, we're definitely not the first in our family to have kids. So we had lots of kind of pre-experience um, with little ones and just having fun with the family. And so we definitely had an expectation in mind. Um And it was just really exciting time. And around, I think here in Houston, when things start to get really serious was around in March. Um, And I was still like five months pregnant. So I definitely had to kind of really adjust the way I was thinking. And it just was a really, really intense time. I can't even describe it sometimes because it was just scary but also weird and I think everyone was just trying to figure it out at that time like what was really going on so you spent half of your pregnancy pre-covid so you got to experience like going to a doctor's appointment and not having to wear a mask and then all of a sudden having to transition into what I would imagine is maybe for several appointments not even going in Yeah, absolutely. So the first several appointments were totally normal. Um, Dylan was coming with me. We, you know, did the normal ultrasounds. Um, It was great, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like everything changed. And, you know, the hospitals, the, you know, the doctor's office, the hospitals, they all were trying to figure this out at the same time. So a lot of things were constantly changing. It turned into now, you know, you have to wear a mask and, you know, your partner can't come with you and you have to be alone or, Hey, we're just going to skip out and just do like a virtual appointment this time. And, you know, I think that when you're pregnant, especially for the first time, that's, it's all really scary and new and you have so many questions and it just sometimes felt like you were being pushed to the side and it was, it felt very unfair at times. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I can imagine right? That you were expecting to have a similar experience as 
your family members who had had babies. Cause I know I had already had three kids when you found out you yeah. were pregnant. And so you got to see what that normal normalcy was. And, and then you didn't get to experience that. Yeah. I think the biggest part that was, that was really difficult was, um, my husband, Dylan, not being able to kind of be a part of the process. Like that was really hard for, for both of us, but for mostly, you know, him, he is such a involved father and really wanted to be there every step of the way. And, um, there was a lot of grief surrounding that because, you know, I remember he would, he would drive me to some of the appointments and just kind of wait in the car. And it, it is hard. Cause I know a lot of people, you know, they go by themselves, no big deal, but I think it's hard for somebody who really wanted to be involved. And I really wanted him to be there too. It was kind of, you know, our, we've, you know, we're close. And so we wanted to do this together. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I don't think I ever really thought about. How, how did the COVID experience affect you as a working pregnant woman? Yes. So at the time I was working at, um, a very large psychiatric hospital in Houston. And, um, you know, when the pandemic first started, it was kind of, we were still kind of operating quote normal, but things were, were starting to change and people were like, you know, we were just trying to figure out what to do. And I remember really having a lot of anxiety and, um, kind of, you know, just trying to figure out like, how can I keep myself safe? But there was so much information kind of being put out there at the beginning and you didn't know what was real. I mean, I remember like, we weren't sure if we should really wear masks at the beginning. And, you know, now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm glad I didn't get like, you know, exposed at that time because we weren't really doing a lot of the safe practices that we would do now. Um, And I was working in a hospital with very vulnerable populations, you know, that were homeless living on the streets. And so it, it, you know, it could have been very different. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you, you were balancing experiencing this, this moment of grief and transition while also trying to provide services for people that were vulnerable and could potentially put you at risk. So how, like that, how did that mess with your mind? I mean, how did you get through that? Yeah, I think at the time, looking back, it feels just like a lifetime ago, but looking back, I, you know, you're kind of just taking each day at a time. I do remember starting to feel just very, very anxious, like all the time. I mean, it it was kind of just this, I remember like using hand sanitizer, like just constantly and just things like that. And, you know, I think eventually kind of having that those talks with your, your work and trying to figure out what the best approach is. I was really super lucky that I had a really supportive, um, boss and and leadership team because they kind of took me in and kind of helped me out during those times. And, um, I actually, you know, eventually because things were starting to get like more and more serious and, you know, we were learning more about the pandemic every day and the COVID, you know, virus and, so I ended up kind of taking on more of a kind of stay in your office type of role and not interacting with the patients as much. Um, and at that time, my anxiety went down substantially and I felt a lot more safe. I was still going into the hospital every day, but um, just not having to interact with patients really um, helped my anxiety go down because it was really scary. I mean, I was just 
you know, we didn't know anything really. We didn't know if mm. the virus could get past the baby or things like, you know, just things like that. Right, right. A lot of kind of factors that you can't even um, plan for because you don't really know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm curious about how were you able to compartmentalize that anxiety and and going into a hospital to work so that you could experience any moments of like blissfulness and happiness in being a pregnant woman and feeling the baby kick and preparing the nursery? Like, how did that happen? I think all those things remained relatively the same. I think when, for me anyways, when I was pregnant, it was just so amazing. You know, I, I was really blessed to have such an easy pregnancy that was smooth and, um, it just, that part I think was the same for me anyways. I don't know what it would have been like without a virus, but, or without a pandemic, but you know, I still got to do the nursery and um, prepare in those ways, wear cute little maternity dresses. And, you know, all of those things were really special. I think there are other aspects of kind of what a first time mom would, you know, expect and anticipate, like having baby showers and kind of getting like being able to really kind of show off your pregnancy and be excited in that way. And those are things that definitely, you know, we missed out on, like I didn't have a baby shower and I didn't really get to kind of experience those things with my friends or my family. That part was hard. There was some grief involved in that because, you know, kind of like I was saying at the beginning, when we first got pregnant, um, you know, before the pandemic, we had all these things, these expectations in mind And so you have to learn how to adjust and kind of just face reality. Like that transition was really hard. Was there ever a moment where you really like questioned how to get through this? Yeah, there were definitely some times that were hard. I think as the, as the due date got further along, I, that's when, um, my, that's when my anxiety got a little bit more intense and I really had to rely on talking with family and talking with my husband a lot more and friends just because I was really, I started to get really scared. There was this aspect of being pregnant and, and the baby being like protected in some sort of way. I I think that's the only way I can describe it. But then you kind of start getting more worried because she's about to enter into this world that you don't even really know what's going on and you want to keep your baby as safe as possible. And that, that part was really kind of scary at times. And, you know, I, I remember being really, really anxious and, um, having to just figure out how can I cope with this and stay healthy and stay Mm -hmm. sane and things like that. What was the delivery process like? So um, that was something that was kind of just up in the air until, you know, until it got closer. There were times where we weren't even sure, like, is is Dylan going to be able to be in the room with us, you know? Um, but thankfully, you know, there were that those issues didn't come to play. And um, but, you know, we I ended up getting um, an inducement. Um which was, you know, a lot better, um, because we could kind of plan around it. And, um, I was able to get a COVID test, um, the day before I delivered and get the results back. So, you know, there was kind of 
you know, that relief kind of going in. Um, I had to quarantine for about two weeks before uh, Dylan and I, and then also my mom who was able to come early with us had to quarantine for two weeks as well with us at home. And uh, when we got there, it just, you know, masks, all that stuff. Um, people were kind of uh, like the nurses and the staff, they're all in PPE and wearing masks the whole time. And um, there's kind of, you know, you learn to live with it, but there is kind of, um, you know, it's just so different when half a person's face is covered, you know, like you, I, I feel like there is some disconnection sometimes, but I felt like, you know, everybody there was so kind and um, really supportive. And so I, I'd say my experience, my delivery experiences was awesome, um, given the situation. Uh, we weren't allowed to leave the room or anything like that when we got there. It's kind of like once you got there, you're in lockdown. Um, so we were there for about two and a half days and in that room the whole time never left. So it was kind of weird because I think hearing other people's experiences, like, you know, sometimes they walk around the hospital, you know, the hospital floor or they you know are able to kind of go in and out. People kind of come visit them afterwards, things like that. We, we didn't do anything like that. It, it sounds like there's this common theme of isolation that like through this whole experience, it was very isolating. Yes. Um, and it's weird because I try to think about what life was like before. And it's, it's at this point, it's hard for me to even really remember because we have been isolated for so long at this point since, since, you know, that two week quarantine before delivery, Dylan and I have pretty much been isolated at home. Um, so that's like, you know, almost seven months now. And it, uh, there are moments that are fine and there are moments that are like excruciating because, you know, it, it's good to have at least one person to kind of get through it with, but it's hard. And, um, you know, I know a lot of other people are probably kind of doing this too, and it's really tough and it gets to you. So after you had the baby and you were released from the hospital and, and you and Dylan could take Lily home, how, like, how did you process adjusting to that kind of life? Because I know it's all, it's already hard anyway on its own, but then to be so isolated from support and help and you're already living far away. So the idea of trap people traveling in to help you was sort of out of the question. So like, how did you adjust to this new little baby and being so isolated? Yeah, that was, that's another really difficult kind of expectation that we had to kind of let go of. Um, so my mom was able to be there for about two weeks after the birth, which I'm so grateful for. Um, but, you know, to get her there was a process like she had to take a month off of work like it, you know, it was kind of intense. You know, she had to quarantine before she couldn't be in the hospital room with us, which really sucked, you know, having that support, that extra support person. Um, but after when we brought Lily home, like, you know, I think it was normal in a sense, you know, you're kind of just adjusting to this new little human being and, and the sleepless nights, all that. Um, I think after two weeks when my mom left is when things started to get a little bit tougher because, 
um, you know, Dylan and I, I think, did a really good job under the circumstances. He was able to take some time off work and um, we we kind of just, I don't even, we kind of just tried to manage as best as possible. But I know it was hard because we had to set a lot of boundaries with people, you know, like some of our friends here in Houston and you know, I'm sure they wanted to you know, help as much as possible, but we kind of had to set that expectation from the get-go. Like, you know, we're not seeing anybody right now. Um, and that was hard because we wanted to see people. We wanted, you know, people to even just bring meals by or things like that. But we kind of just, we just kind of took this approach early on that we were not going to expose our baby to anything. And, um, Sometimes it felt intense, but I think we feel like we made the right decision. So how, how do you know that you made the right decision? I think we, so from the, from early on, we were never really worried about, um, I know a lot of people worries, you know, about COVID and kind of if it's going to, you know, it has killed so many people. And I think that is a valid worry, you know, is it going to make me seriously ill or even kill me? And I don't think that was something we necessarily worried about for ourselves or for um, our daughter, but we worried a lot about like, we don't know anything about this virus and we don't know what these long-term effects are. And we just don't even want to take a chance. I think that Dylan and I were coming from a very privileged type of standpoint of, you know, I ended up um, quitting my job and staying home and he was working from home. So I know that in myself, like that is a very privileged and, you know, kind of lifestyle that we were able to take advantage of. Um, But I think we, we just, you know, it could have been the other way around where we could have had to, you know, work full time and kind of be out and about and maybe, you know, unfortunately get exposed and that would have been it. But I think we, we, we feel like we've, we've done the best we can to keep ourselves safe, to keep our daughter safe and to keep others safe too, just by making these decisions to kind of isolate social distance and only see people, um, you know, if there were certain like measures in place. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that makes a lot of sense how you're kind of framing it in this idea of like, we, we, we did it because we could do it. And that makes it the right thing. And I think that's a really awesome way to look and approach how you sort of live and, and become resilient through the pandemic. I'm, I'm also curious, like I hear a lot of themes of isolation, grief, um, sort of um, changing expectations, resiliency. So it, like on the balance end, like what, what have you been able to balance th- those sort of hardships with on the other side of the spectrum? So I think that, um, there are days that are really tough, um, because you, you kind of, you see other people kind of going out and seeing each other and having fun, I guess. I, I don't think there's a lot of, a lot of that, that would be going on anyways with a, you know, a six month old or so, but I feel like, um, I've, I'm starting to figure out what kind of works and doesn't work. And I realized that when I stay in the house all day, that doesn't work. 
and um, you start to get really depressed and you start to get really um, frustrated and kind of irritable. So I make an effort to get outside at least once a day, whether that's taking a jog or taking a walk. Um, you know, granted the, the weather in Houston can be kind of difficult at times. So they, yeah, there are still days where we have to stay inside or, you know, just take a drive or something. But um, I've also figured out that trying to stay connected in whatever way I possibly can, um, whether that's like FaceTime or, you know, talking on the phone during virtual game nights, things like that, um, they make a huge difference. Um, just staying connected to the people that you love and that, you know, want to be involved in whatever way they can. What What has been the biggest or... Um what has stood out to be the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself? Like as a, as a person, as a woman, as a mother, a wife, like what has stood out to you in this entire experience that you really feel like has made an impact on who you are as a person? So I think before the pandemic, I, um, I was a pretty social person. I, you know, I kind of did a lot more than I thought at the time. I, you know, had get togethers with people all the time. I played on multiple soccer teams. I just did a lot with other people. We'd go out and, you know, do this or that. And since being at home, just alone with just us, our family, um, it has taught me that it's kind of reshaped what's important to me. And, that I don't necessarily need to be doing all of these social things. Yes, it would be nice to kind of get out of it once in a while, but I think just I, I'm okay just being with us and kind of refocusing, you know, that you don't need all of these other things in your life. Like you have everything that you need kind of at home. And um, I think that to me has really surprised me about myself that I'm totally okay just being with me, Dylan and Lily. And, you know, we've really, we've kind of gotten creative and how we can have fun together. And it's really simple things. And I kind of like that. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really, um, that's really fascinating how the, that a, a baby can completely change your life and help you to sort of realize how you prioritize things and like what becomes the most important. Yeah, we, yeah. And we just, you know, there are days I think for everybody that has children or definitely that first new baby that are really challenging and you wish that you, you know, kind of had help in those moments. But, um, you know, Dylan and I, I think have become so much stronger in our relationship together because we've had to rely on just one another completely because we don't have anybody else right now. And, um, I, I think that that part has been the greatest, you know, benefit or blessing in disguise during this time is that our relationship has strengthened so much. And I think for it, like we are better, we're better parents because we were able to communicate better than we did before. And we're more patient than we were before. Cause 
you know, when, when you know that you're going to be stuck with somebody like that, you can't just like leave, you know, you're, you're, you kind of pick and choose the battles that you have or pick and choose the things that you get upset over. Oh, definitely. <laughs> stuck in the house together. <laughs> definitely. I think, I think in that moment, I really relate to you because, you know, Nathan and I, my husband and I are military family and we had our first child living away And you really do, you become so reliant on one another that you're almost like, I have to figure out a way to communicate or I'll just be lost. And so you, you, in a way you grow closer and you get stronger, becoming more dependent, but that's how the trust is developed in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's what you really gained during the pandemic and, and sort of having to rely on each other for sanity and for support, you know, that you, you grew in trust and grew in strength. And that's a really great thing to take from such a horrible, horrible thing happening. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely. So just to kind of close everything out, I'm, I would like to know what are you looking forward to in 2021? (laughs) I am looking forward so much to seeing our families um, and our friends, but really I am so excited to see our families because we have only seen our families one time, um, which I'm grateful for. Lily was able to meet um, her grandparents and her cousins and aunts and uncles, godparents, things like that, just one time. Um, and I, I, that's something that I'm really looking forward to is being, her being able to form relationships because it's just, you know, the FaceTime is great, but it's just not the same. And I, I really want her to know, you know, that, that her family loves her so much and just have those in-person connections. I, I think for us, like when we were growing up, you know, we were surrounded by so much family and that's something that I, I really want her to have, even though we live, you know, away, I, I still want her to feel connected to, to everybody. And so that is something I'm really looking forward to. Yes. I, I have to admit, I am also looking forward to seeing Lily again and seeing you and Dylan, um, you know, and, and doing it in the safest way possible, uh, during COVID. And I think that's really what we've done. We've all sort of banded together as a family and said, we're going to just be supportive of, how we get through this time and, and accept how each person's going to do it, you know? And that's, yeah, for sure. And I think that's the best way because this is temporary and it will end. And the way that we change from it can be a positive or a negative. And I think we've just all chosen to go in the positive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming on with me. I'm so grateful that we could hear your experience of, being pregnant, having a baby and becoming a mom, all the things during a pandemic. What a, what a crazy time, but you seem to have found the strength and resiliency to get through it and, and to find the ways in which you can overcome the struggles and, and really just enjoy having a baby and a new, a new little human being around. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share some of my story. I, I know a lot of people had babies during this time. I'm sure, you know, we, we've kind of found each other and, and it's just nice to be able to kind of share our experience because it's important for, for others who are going through it to know, like, it's going to be okay. It's, it's hard, but it's going to be fine. 
Yeah, definitely. If you or someone you know is struggling with postpartum depression, I really encourage you to visit postpartum.net for support and resources to help you. Thanks for joining me today. If you want to hear more, please subscribe. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MFT. If you'd like to share a story about your family, you can email me at contact at AnnaliseLuceroMFT.com. I'm a licensed and trained marriage and family therapist, but this podcast is not a replacement for therapeutic advice. If you need help finding a therapist, visit psychologytoday.com to find a therapist in your area.